Podcast Answer Man, episode number 206. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast about podcasting, helping you to take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or if you're just getting ready to record your first show. There's something we can always do to take our efforts to the next level. Well, my friends, I have been sharing my journey with you now since, uh, well, I guess I, the, I guess many of you have been following the journey since December of 2005, and I've been uh, sharing my own personal journey uh, intentionally related to podcasting uh, since 2006, and it has been quite a journey, and I'm thinking today I'm going to try to make this thing uh, about 45 minutes or less. I am not very good at doing those things. And so right now, I am not going to do something else that I typically suggest that you do, and that's tell people ahead of time what's coming up in the episode. And the reason why I'm not going to tell you today is because right after a certain point, I think I'm going to jump right into a topic titled More Gateway Podcasts Coming Soon. And I'm going to talk about having podcast as your gateway content. And when I say gateway, it is it is kind of an analogy to um, maybe a not so nice uh, industry out there known as the drug industry, you know, the gateway drugs. And and perhaps I need to think of a different way to communicate it. But uh, and, and it, it's kind of an inside joke for my wife and I, Stephanie, uh, when we get together in our planning meetings for for um, our our own network of content, we call certain podcasts our gateway content. It's our gateway drugs into the deeper uh, community and 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 more of the focused content where we focus our time, energy, and attention. Um, and and but we we have. Uh, I'll tell you what. We'll get into that. That's one of the things. That's one thing that I promise you will be into this. Will be built into this episode. It is going to be the topic of more gateway podcast coming soon and why that's important and 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 so we'll get into that. All right, so with that being said, because I definitely want to get in that in uh, your questions and get into that topic and I want to try to be 45 minutes or less today, uh, we're going to go right into the first question which comes in from Evan Waterman about transcripts for your podcast. So Evan, take it away. Hey Cliff, this is Evan Waterman from the Darts Around the World podcast. Uh, I just had a quick question for either the podcast answer man or it could be Business Tech Weekly as well. Um, I had a listener ask me from Germany to create a manuscript for our show, word for word, and I realized how long that would actually take me. So I was wondering if you would ever come across this um, because she wanted to actually create it in German. She wanted to translate the text part of our show so people could read it in Germany. So if you had come across any services um, that are more on the cheaper side of things, so we don't have to put out too much money. Uh, so you know what? I would really appreciate that. And uh, I love your show. You know, Thanks for all the information you provided me. I uh, really appreciate it. Take care. All right, Evan, thank you so much. Um, as far as cheap and affordable solutions, you know, I've heard a lot of people trying to take some dictation software and and basically running the recording through that. I've not heard anybody that's done that with real success. Now, I've, I think I've heard one or two people say, yeah, I've done it, but I would imagine the time necessary to proofread that and, and all of those other things, you have to kind of think affordable, not in price alone, but also in the value of your time. And, you know, how important is it for these things to be transcribed over into German for people to read? I don't know. If that fits into your strategy, if it's something that you desperately want to have happen, I could see paying for transcription services or uh, going through a lot of hassle to train software to, you know, listen to your audio recordings and and then going through and further proofreading everything. Um, one other thing before we talk about transcription services, another thing that you could do is you could write a transcript of your podcast out before you record. Now, 
One of the things that I want to warn you, though, is not to read your transcript. Now, some people do this. Some people can do this without you really knowing. Some people can do this and it just sounds like they're reading to you. Um, and, and, and that can be good. It can be bad. It, it's really, I think, maybe some personal preference for some people. Uh, but I, I just would recommend if you do end up writing a transcript ahead of time to kind of wing it. But you can still give the written, you know, literal transcript that you thought out ahead of time to the person who wants to translate this into German. And you can also put that literal transcript in your show notes. So hopefully that helps out. Now, I'm going to do something I, I normally don't do, and 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 I, I hope it doesn't set a precedent for anybody uh, for that are sending their, their little emails of notes of services and stuff like that. But I do get this question quite often from my clients about transcription services. And so I'm going to read to you an email that it, it's kind of uh, serendipitous in a way that this happened uh, as it did. Because just this week, uh, Karen Kramer, it looks like, uh, sent me an email, and um, and it says this: My name is Karen Kramer, and my company is Perfect Transcription Services. I would love the opportunity to provide transcripts for any of your podcasts. My transcripts are of superior quality. Every name, program, or unfamiliar term is Googled for spelling accuracy. And each transcript is double proofed. I charge $1 per audio minute with a 72 hour turnaround time. And uh, by the way, her um, website is theperfecttranscript.com. And that is, or theperfecttranscript.com. Now, again, I, I don't normally just go around promoting somebody else's services right at, without even knowing. Uh, anything more about them. And in fact, I would um, caution you that I don't have any experience with Karen other than reading her email. I I haven't even responded yet because it was in my show prep folder. She had sent it to feedback at gspn.tv. I plan on responding to her later today to find out a little bit more about her. Her website isn't all that great, but the thing is, is you're not hiring somebody to design your website. You're hiring somebody to transcribe a podcast if, if that's what you're doing. The reason I really bring this up is because she gave a price uh, quote for how much it might possibly cost you if you decide to use such a service. And so $1 per audio minute I believe I've had some conversations with people in the past, and that sounds about right. Now, I'm certain that if you went to elance.com or odesk.com or one of these other um, out, you know, freelancing sources out there, you probably could get something even less expensive. So, Evan, I just want to let you know, transcribing your podcast, it is possible. Of course, I know that... Um, Probably the best that I've ever seen done uh, in in the area of writing your transcript out ahead of time and pretty much the podcast audio content being word for word, what it, which is exactly what is in that transcript without it sounding like they're reading from a transcript, that would be Joe Lample over at growingagreenerworld.com. Again, go over to growingagreenerworld.com. You'll see that his podcast, every episode has a transcript. He writes it out ahead of time, and he does read his transcript. But he, but this guy's a professional broadcaster. He does uh, broadcast television shows. Uh, he's been on the D, I think it's the DIY Network, and he's been on uh, PBS and a bunch of other stuff. So, I mean, he's got a lot of experience in reading from teleprompters and all these other things. So... He's really good at that. But the the best way to do it, if you want the affordable way, would be for you to write out your transcript and let that be your guide and uh, and then just make that available. Hopefully that's been helpful. We're going to move next on to Kyle, who has this question right here. Kyle, take it away. Hi, Cliff. Kyle with from withmedia.ca here. And I have a question for Podcast Answer Man. It's about naming a show. I'm looking at starting another podcast directly related to the business I'm trying to grow. Should I keep the name the same as the business name or something in the field? I'm thinking along the lines of branding it properly so that people know that when this show is related to my business. What are your thoughts on that? Love the show. Thanks a lot for all the help you've provided me throughout the last year. Bye. All righty. 
Well, thank you, Kyle, for your uh, question. And I'm going to give you some thoughts here in my personal uh, recommendations. And it depends on what your business name is. Does your business communicate uh, what you do very well? And if so, you may want to consider breaking free and, and doing something different with the show title just to be even more catchy than rather than just using the business name. Like, for example, if, if I think back in 2005, Maytag, uh, or was it 2006? I can't remember. But Maytag or Whirlpool or one of these companies out there were doing, they, they actually did a corporate podcast that was to promote to the consumers their products and services and, and stuff that they had. And I don't remember which one it is. And I don't even remember the name of the show. But I, I remember the name of the show being something very consumer uh, oriented, being that it, it it was it was more about tips and 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 you know answers to your questions on how to keep the house clean and how to do this. It was it was a, it was kind of a household help kind of deal. But but the thing is, is it was brought to you by whether it was Maytag or Whirlpool, and and so they didn't call it the Whirlpool or the Maytag podcast. They called it something that was indicative of the content. My recommendation is always that your podcast should have should the podcast title, the name of your show, really should be indicative of what's in or descriptive of what the content will be inside of the podcast episode. So, for example, when I first launched my uh, business as a podcast consultant, my my business name was going to be Bitcast Media. Actually, it was Bitcast Media. B I T C A S T. Now, when I was pursuing this, I never thought of saying, you know, this is going to be the Bitcast podcast, you know, the Bitcast Weekly or anything like that. It was always going to be Podcast Answer Man. I wanted to be a place where people turn to for answers related to podcasts, and I wanted I wanted to be that man you turn to. All right, so that is exactly what I desired to have happen. Even though my name, even though the business name was uh, Bitcast Media. Um, I, I did not want to have the BitCast Media podcast name. I, I just didn't think that it communicated exactly as much as Podcast Answer Man does. Now, since then, um, for those of you who don't know the backstory, I actually got a cease and desist letter from a company, and I won't go into the name of that company or anything like that, but it turns out that they actually had trademarked um, the term BitCast prior to my use of it, and they asked me if they if I would stop doing that. And they actually asked me to turn over the domain to them. But I, I refused to turn over the domain, but I did actually um, I did actually st- change the business name. So in st- so right now, if you go to Bitcast, let's see here. Is it Bitcast? Um, Bitcastmedia.com. Yeah, there it is. So if you go to bitcastmedia.com, you'll see that it forwards you to podcastanswerman.com. And actually, once once I gave up the term Bitcast Media, I decided not to sit down and spend three or four days trying to come up with a clever name of my business. My business, Bitcast Media was like a DBA. It was, it was a doing business as Bitcast Media. And so my official business name that's registered and has the federal ID, it's Ravenscraft Enterprises, LLC. So if you ever buy anything from me, if you ever hire me for consulting, if you ever uh, do anything like that and you get an invoice or a receipt from me at the top of it, it's going to say Ravenscraft Enterprises, LLC. Now, certainly I didn't want to have this be the Ravenscraft Enterprises, LLC podcast. It's Podcast Answer Man. Um, you'll see if you go over to gspn.tv slash shows, you're going to see that that all of my show titles, at least ones that I've uh, created since I've had this philosophy, are all descriptive. You've got the uh, Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast. You've got um, familyfromtheheart.com uh, uh, podcast. You have... Uh, the full-time mom podcast. You have the Twilight Saga fan podcast. You have um, Social Media Serenity, Business Tech Weekly, Help I Got a Mac podcast. You can see where e- with each of those titles, you already start to make some assumptions about what that content might be. 
And so that's what I would recommend is choosing a a title for your show, a, a name for your podcast that will be indicative of the content within. And then you might say to yourself, well, I really want to brand my business with this show. Well, that's fine. You can do that. You can say, hey, welcome back to another episode of XYZ Podcast, insert name here, a show brought to you by Bitcast Media, LLC, or Ravenscraft Enterprises, LLC. You know, the, and, and at the end of the show, you can say, hey, this, this show has been brought to you by the name of my company. You can find out more about our company and get show notes for this podcast over at, and you can give whatever thing. So, so I think you can build your brand with a show that has a different title than and a different name than your uh, business. So there you go. Melissa, let's see what you have next for us. Uh, I think it's about uh, project or sample rates with uh, your, your podcast editing. So take it away. This is Melitza calling from Colorado and the podcast RaisingPlayfulTots.com. I'm trying to be consistent with my show format as I've realized that, like, we all want things that need to be predictable. It's hard, though. I'm really finding it hard to keep the same format. But I'm using Audacity to record and edit along with a Windows machine. What's the best default setting for project rate? I noticed that it changes for each project and wondered if I should keep it at a certain rate. I enjoy your show. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, Melissa, when you say project rate, I'm assuming you're talking about sample rate in a program like Audacity. And if I'm incorrect on that, I encourage you to call back in and clarify your question further uh, if I'm making that wrong assumption. But here's what I would recommend for all your sample rates for your projects that you're doing in audio editing. Sample rate should always be either 44,100 hertz, also known as 44.1 kilohertz. Okay, now here's the situation. You can also use 22,050 hertz or 11,025 hertz. Okay, so you could do 11,025, although if you do that, your your audio is going to sound pretty crummy. It's, it, at that point, you're losing a lot of quality out of your show. 22,050 is, is okay, especially if you're going down to 64 kilobits per second with mono recordings. Um, but really, rec- my recommendation, my personal recommendation is that the sample rate for every project should always be at 44.1 kilohertz or 44,100 hertz. And when you do, and the reason why, now there are other options somewhere in between those. Now, as long as you're using a multiple of 11,025, you're going to be fine as far as when it comes to flash players. But if you were to choose, like for example, I think there's 48 kilohertz if you were to choose 48 kilohertz, most flash players are going to have a very difficult time playing your your show. In fact, it'll almost sound right, but it's it will sound as though it's skipping bits and pieces, bits and pieces, bits, bits and pieces, because it's trying to play your show at 44.100 or a multiple of the 11,025. I know I'm getting geeky and technical here, but you know it sounds to me like she's looking at the options there, and I think this will make sense at least to Melissa, and hopefully it's making sense to some of you who are inside of your preference pane in your audio editing software. Um, if you choose something that is um, lower than 44100, but yet not 220050 or 11,025, you are actually going to end up sounding like a chick chipmunk when you are uh, when somebody clicks to listen to your podcast in a flash media player as well so hands down my recommendation 44100 or yeah 44100 hertz or 22050 if you're going mono all right with a with a lower bit rate melissa i hope that that helps you out and by the way this is a great way for me to point out and mention Uh, That Adobe Audition 101, my video tutorial, video training tutorial, which, by the way, you can find at podcastanswerman.com slash help. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash help. You'll see a list of all my training tutorials on that page. 
Anyway, I have had so many people say over and over again, hey, I've got this pre-release of Adobe Audition 4.0. I want to know if your video tutorial, since it's probably made, it's and it is, uh, made with Adobe Audition 3.0, will it translate well over to the 4.0 um, setup? And first, I want to answer this by saying that I've had probably about 40 or so people purchase the Adobe Audition uh, 101, which was done with Adobe Audition 3.0 uh, as the software that I was training with. I have had about 40 or so people purchase that tutorial specifically to learn how to use Adobe Audition pre-release, which is 4.0. And they, every single one of them said it was, you know, there was a couple tool placement issues where they've changed some things and moved them around. But the principles and, and the main layout and the main setup of the system, it was perfect for them and they don't need anything additional to help them out. Now, with that being said, in March, I did my podcasting A to Z class. And when I did my podcasting A to Z, which was where I was teaching 20 people to how to podcast from scratch, um, I, I we had some weekly conference calls. And in one of the weekly conference calls, the question came up again. And he says, can you can you show me some of the tool placement? You know, where, you know, what are the differences between 3.0 and 4.0? And so during that conference call, which was about an hour and a half long, um, I spent, I don't know what if it was 11 minutes, 14 minutes, 15 minutes. I don't I don't even remember how long it was. But I spent some time just saying, okay, let me pull up Adobe Audition 4.0 here and let me show you based upon where you've already looked at Adobe Audition 101, let me show you the differences. This is where you can find these tools. This is where you can find this. And by the way, there's this new effects rack over here and this is how I'm using that in 4.0. And so that was a part of that tutorial, or I'm sorry, that conference call. So the other day, somebody sent me another email saying, hey, Cliff, can you tell me, would the Adobe Audition 101 help me if I was uh, going to buy this? And since that question keeps coming up over and over and over again, I created a I created a bonus video. So I went into my recording of the uh, conference call, and I went in and just got the clip that that was where I talked about that. And I created a video and I added that to the Adobe Audition 101 product. So if you're thinking about getting Adobe Audition 4.0, which by the way, I think the pre-release is almost over now. Uh, I got a I got a survey for the end of pre-release uh, program. They haven't shut off my access to the pre-release yet. And I looked on the site the other day over at, and I'm going to give you the website address here in the show um, but uh, it's it's at labs labs slash technologies and uh, uh, slash audition and so I'm pulling that up right now and as it looks you can still download it right now as I'm recording this on Thursday April twenty first two thousand eleven so yeah you can still get it. Um, I would imagine that that's going to go away soon. And once it goes away, by the way, they will kill your pre-release edition. So it will stop working. I'm just hoping and I'm praying that they don't take it away until they make it available for us to purchase, especially for those of us on the Mac. And some of you are wondering, okay, and I get this question a lot. Hey, I've purchased Adobe Audition 3.0. I've heard you talk about this. I just purchased this. And now they got 4.0. Am I going to be left out in the dark? You know, should I have should I have waited? No, you're perfectly fine. Really, Adobe Audition 4.0 doesn't add like a ton of extra value beyond what you already got from um, Adobe Audition 3.0. The thing works pretty much identically, uh, and and the multiband compressor certainly works just as good. It's e- equal to what it was before. And uh, the only the only new thing is this thing called the effects rack. And and sure, I like it. It's a benefit. It's not something I would have paid the extra money to upgrade to to have that extra that extra feature. But um, I'm glad it's there. And I am going to be buying Adobe Audition 4.0 when it comes out, as soon as it comes out, just because there was no prior Mac version available. But if you have Adobe Audition 3.0, Uh, Don't have any sort of envy at all. It's a great program and you'll love it. 
Moving along to the next question. Cooch is up next with this. Hi, Cliff. This is Cooch over at the Guy's Perspective podcast. And I had a question about premiums or what to do specifically with unclaimed premiums. If you've run a contest on your podcast and nobody claims that prize, it seems to me that I would want to throw that prize back out to the community. But on the other hand, I'm thinking maybe I don't want to throw that back out to the community as unclaimed because it shows that whoever listened and maybe put their name in for that didn't call back. And I don't know if that shows you in a bad light if you have to put that premium back up. I don't know if you've ever offered any contest premiums or prize stuff for your listeners, but if you had any opinion or feedback on that, I would find it invaluable, as I do with all of the stuff that you put out on the podcast, Answer Man. Thank you so much. All right, Cooch, thank you so much. Uh, first and foremost, no, I've never done a contest premium at all, um, and and not for any real reason, uh, but just never have thought to do it. I've, I've heard other people do those kind of things. It, it's just not... It's just not my thing. I certainly don't. I, I I certainly do have an opinion when it comes to offering a premium, in you know, in a way to bribe people to leave you comment. Now, I do have I do have personal feelings about that one, and I've personally chosen not to do that because I don't want it to to seem as though I'm begging people to leave me feedback. And it only highlights week after week after week if you're not getting feedback that nobody cares enough to leave feedback. And of course, that's very strong language, what I just said. And it's not necessarily that people don't care enough to leave feedback. It's it's honestly not, not the truth at all. But that's the perception that you're going to give to your audience, I believe. What it does mean, however, if people are not leaving you feedback, it means that they're they're afraid. They're scared. A majority of the people feel very nervous. You would be surprised on a weekly basis how many times I get three or four recordings uh, where somebody will stop right in the middle of there's there's like I'll tell you what don't use this I'm gonna call right back and then they'll call right back and start from the beginning again and they'll say oh, don't use this one either I'm gonna call back I'm gonna get it right next time I promise and and so people are really afraid sometimes to leave feedback but that's not your question the question is what did, what do you do with unclaimed premiums I I assume this uh, if I were to do premiums giving, you know, giveaways and stuff like that, I would, when I actually talk about the, you know, how to register, how to uh, qualify for these premiums, I would simply say that, you know, all claiming, all premiums must be claimed within 30 days of the release of the podcast episode for which we announced that you are a winner. All right. So, um, the thing, and by the way, uh, anonymous three four sixteen says do a giveaway, not a contest. There's are there are p- potential legal issues with contests, so keep that in mind as well. And I'm certainly not a lawyer, so uh, very very good uh, very good point there. But anyway, if, so what I would do is I would recommend that you must claim the prize within thirty days, and after thirty day, if if it's beyond thirty days, you, you know the prize, you know you know prizes will be redistributed. And so you can say that up front and then you don't have to actually say anything. You could just, you, if you have that premium or whatever to, to give away in the future, then simply what you could do is um, you could just reintroduce it as a new premium down the road. So I don't know if that helps you out, but um, that's, that's my thought off the, on that topic. All right, moving along to uh, Rob Murgatroyd. Uh, Rob, take it away. Hey, Cliff. It's Rob Murgatroyd. I just wanted to share something with you. I was listening to a podcast called the Lifestyle Business Podcast, and uh, to my surprise, he started talking about me, um, and then right after he started talking about me, he started talking about you and how um, every time he asks about podcasting, your name comes up, whether it's with Jet Set Life, me, or whether it's with Internet Business Mastery, Jay, uh, or um, whomever it is, your name keeps co- popping up. And he said, I've got to interview this guy. So I wanted to let you know that uh, the love of uh, Ravenscraft is being spread around the Internet, and uh, I just wanted to share it. So you can hear it, I think, on the, um, I think it's like the seventh minute of the most recent episode of the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Hope you're well. Bye. 
All right, Robert, thank you so much. And for those of you going and looking at for the Lifestyle Business Podcast to see what was possibly mentioned about me at the seventh minute into the episode, I can certainly assure you that assuming that that podcast continued on uh, beyond that episode, that, that that episode that he's referring to is is way back in the archives at this point. And so we don't know what that episode number it was. Rob called this, Robert called this in uh quite some time ago, probably several months ago, and I just pulled it out of the question archive, Ben. But Rob, thank you so much. And, and the reason why I play it here is to say I'm pretty excited about the fact that, you know, that my name is getting out there, that you hear my name popping up all over the place. These are good things. These are, you know, this is... This is how you build your brand online, and it really is word of mouth, and it's building relationships, connecting with people. And and if anybody were to ask me, and actually they do, in fact, I get paid a lot to teach people how I've built my brand in such a way to where my name does pop up quite often. And I'm going to tell you that that it, it, it there are a couple things that are involved in this. Really care about the people who listen to your content. Really care about the people who work with you in your business. Really care about your clients and and go way above and beyond meeting the needs. And and certainly go and try to over-deliver on everyone's expectations at every corner in any way you can possibly do it. And just give, 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 help, 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 and care, care, care. Do those things and people are going to be blown away because you know what? A lot of people in this world, they just don't care. A lot of the people in this world, they just do what's necessary. They just do what they have to. And when you can rise above and you you go out of your way to care for somebody, to help somebody, to do something way beyond what what's expected of you, then, then I think what happens is it makes an impression on people and people will talk about you. And in fact, uh, there's a great book, by the way, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you've never read that book, I believe every podcaster should read that book. So there you go, How to Win Friends and Influence People. In fact, one of the things that I'll do is, is I'll just say this. If you go to podcastanswerman.com, and uh, I'm not going to put this in the show notes, by the way, but I'm going to just tell you this. If you go to podcastanswerman.com and then scroll down on the right-hand side, um, you'll see an Amazon search box. And it says shop and support with Amazon purchases. And so you can do this with anything you purchase on Amazon, by the way. And you just go into the keywords box and type in how to win friends and hit the go button. And I'll just tell you right now, that's going to take you right to... Um, the Amazon website, and there are several different versions of this, and it looks to me like you can get How to Win Friends and Influence People uh, in paperback for $6.99. Let me tell you, it is a great read, and if I'm not mistaken, that's also going to be available in Kindle as well. Uh, if And if it's that version's not available on Kindle, there's got to be one version on Kindle somewhere. So, uh, And by the way, uh, yeah, matter of fact, I can see the Dale Carnegie one version here for 1534 is on Kindle. And if I actually go to that, it is $12.99 on Kindle. So definitely there. And by the way, anytime you shop with um, with that little search box, if you start with the search box on podcastanswerman.com or any of the search boxes for Amazon on my gspn.tv sites, uh, it's, it's something I just now put on there this week. And yes, it is an affiliate box, so I do get a commission for each uh, each purchase you make through Amazon. So if you want to start with that search box, I appreciate it. All right, so moving along here, we're moving over to Brandon. And uh, let's see what Brandon has to say. Hey Cliff, this is Brandon from Brantford, Ontario, Canada, and I'm sending this question in for Podcast Answer Man. My question is, when I'm editing my podcast, I have been taking the five-second breathers I tend to take after I'm done with a topic out. I was wondering if I should keep taking them out or keep them in my podcast. Thanks for all the podcasts you produce, and I can't wait to hear your opinion on my little problem I'm having. But bye for now, and I hope to send in more feedback soon. All right, Brandon, couple things. First and foremost, if you have a five minutes, or I'm sorry, five minute, a five second breather, yes, <laughs> please do um, take out your five second breathers. But let me tell you something right here. This right here is not a five second breather. So this is like a two second breather. And this is a 
well, that was probably a two second breather too. I can't actually make myself wait five seconds because I, I, I have a problem with dead air. One, pro, if there was one thing, one tip in this podcast that I think is worth the weight in gold. All right. And of course, how do you, how do you measure this? But anyway, this thing right here, listen to this. We podcasters need to become more comfortable with silence. Because if we could, and I certainly need this with Podcast Answer Man. And in fact, now that I'm thinking of it, listen to this. Probably, you won't even hear me say the word um at all. Unless I purposely say the word um for you. If I actually think silently about what I'm going to say next, then I don't actually have to say, um, or, uh, 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 to actually let you know that, Hey, continue to listen. Your, your, your recorder didn't shut off. And we're afraid of, you know, we're afraid of this dead air, this silence. But I, I, I listened to Leo Laporte from time to time on his radio program when he's doing his solo show, on on uh, the tech guy, the tech guy. So for, see, for example, right there. See, I'm. You see how I'm stumbling over that? If I would have actually said, I listened to Leo Laporte on his the tech guy show that he does on the weekend by himself. You see, if I just would have said, you know what, I don't know the word right now, so I'm going to be silently think about it for a second. And no, those pauses, those silent, those bits of silence, no, I am not going to edit those out at all. Um, but here's the, th- if you have five seconds, yes, edit it down to uh, at least leave in a second. And so when I listen to your feedback there, um, Brandon, y- you actually edited out all of your science so that, so basically that one word ends and the next word begins without any silence at all. It happened about three or four times in your audio question. And so you did edit that and it is unnatural sounding. And so that's something you want to avoid. So always, if you are taking a long pause out, be purposeful about leaving in a short pause. And and I, and I mean, if you took out a five second pause, you should definitely leave in at least a full second, if not a second and a half, because that's naturally how it sounded when you left the five minute. There was a pause there. There's a difference in the in the ending of one statement and the beginning of another. Let there be some kind of natural pause in there. So I hope that helps you out. All right. And now I'll tell you what I'm going to do is I am going to give you my thoughts on the Gateway Podcast. Stephanie and I were sitting down at our business meeting this week. We have a business meeting every week, uh, just about, to, uh, and by the way, Jonathan's in the chat room, he says, and it also gives your audience a time to breathe, because it is, it's it's funny, you, they do, they, if you continue to talk and talk and talk and talk without giving yourself a breath, and you just go continually without stopping and stuff like this, and you're working yourself out of breath, and you can't even go, and you're because, oh my God, and stuff like this, and, and before you know it, your audience is listening, and they're out of breath, and so that's a good point. I, I've, I've felt myself doing uh, that as well. I, I remember I had one client who probably is still out there as far as in the archives, controllingchaos.com. And if you, if you can go back all the way to the archives of episode 001 of controllingchaos.com, it's a project management podcast. Uh, that podcast, episode 001, has absolutely no breathing room whatsoever. She edited out every single bit of silence. And then, of course, after she did that, um, we did some coaching and she got it uh, done um, with, uh, she, she got, she had left the silence in after that. So it was, it was all good. All right. So gateway podcast, what is a gateway podcast? Now for, for us, a gateway podcast is, is defined like this for gspn.tv. We have our shows that we focus on. We got our shows that are, are, you know, there are at the heart of what we do. Such shows as Family from the heart. That is for us. This is family from the heart. Is a nucleus. It is. It is from where. And it didn't come first, 
but but over time we've shifted our our focus and our energy and attention to kind of say you know what show do we want to define who we are and to be that that centerpiece if you will of of our our media world and for us that's family from the heart and then there are other brands that go along with that such as pursuing a balanced life and Stephanie's full-time mom podcast these are the shows that actually give you the heart, the the real mind and heart behind gspn.tv. But these are shows that are not necessarily going to be the shows that people are searching for. Now, do some people find these shows in a search? Yes, they do. But it's not something people are like, hey, I wonder, you know, if, if somebody doesn't know who Cliff and Stephanie are, there's those people aren't out there saying, hey, I wonder if I can find a podcast about this, about a couple in northern Kentucky that I know nothing about and to hear them talk about their family and, and share their journey. That's just not going to happen, you know, out of the blue. So, I mean, we get we still gain new traffic to that podcast from word of mouth from people who have found us, who have found the show and, you know, something that they're interested in and stuff like that. And they do talk about us and the value that they're, you know, the inspiration that it brings to them and how, you know, it's helped them, you know, get a mindset where they could possibly become and live debt free and all this other stuff. But, you know, overall, you know, that these shows that are at the heart of what we do, the ones that we really want people to kind of come in and really get deeper involved into the community and the content that we offer, it's not the, it's not the best front door. All right. And so, so we have these things called what we call uh, gateway podcasts and gateway podcasts are the ones that are shows that people are searching for. People are looking for content related to this topic. So I'll give you some examples of this. And the one that actually started us out was the Lost Podcast. You know, having my Lost Podcast was something that, um, you know, definitely people were looking for. They were looking for content about this TV show where people would talk about it who were just as passionate and excited about this, this amazing show as much as they were. And so people were actively seeking out content related to the TV show Lost. That, my friends, generated a lot of people. They could, they had never heard of Cliff and Stephanie before, but man, there's this couple in Northern Kentucky who are talking about this TV show, and I like what they're saying about it, and wow, I love this show. And when I say gateway, what I mean by that is they get to, they, they could care less who Cliff and Stephanie are at first. They, they're, they're here for the content for Lost. Over time, they get to know who we are, and when I say we, I'm talking about Cliff and Stephanie, and then all of a sudden they hear us on the show talk about some of the other shows where we, it's like, oh, we talked about that on Family from the Heart this week, that topic that they just brought up in the storyline here, we just did that episode on Family from the Heart, you can see that over at familyfromtheheart.com, episode number such and such, and so people start to hear us mention other shows, and what happens is we consider the Lost Podcast as the gateway drug, you know, to to get a taste of who Cliff and Stephanie are, and hopefully you become hooked on Cliff and Stephanie, and you want to listen to the other content that we produce as well, and so it, 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 interest, it, it, it brings you in, and so we've done the Grey's Anatomy fan podcast, we've done the um, Desperate Housewives fan podcast, we've done the Doctor Who fan podcast, we've done the Twilight Saga fan podcast. I mean, these shows are gateway podcasts. These are things people are, um, these are things people are searching for. They find it, they, they listen to it. Then they, all of a sudden they get to understand who Cliff and Stephanie are. And if they decide that Cliff and Stephanie are somebody they liked and, and, and they hear us talk about some of our other shows, they come in. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, they're not just, you know, they found us with one show, but now they're subscribed to two or three or four or five of our shows. And we've seen that happen over and over again. And so Stephanie and I were talking about the fact that right now, we, you know, we've got, we've got a great solid core of content and we've got a great solid core community. But what we are not doing is, I mean, we're still, our, our audience numbers are growing. And for me, it's not about growing the numbers and stuff like that. Uh, but what I am noticing is that, you know, we aren't growing as, as in numbers. And, and do I want to see that happen? I do. And, and I got to talking to Stephanie. I said, you know what? There, the one thing, there are two, two different things about the fact of thinking about bringing back some gateway podcasts. 
number one is that you know it would be actually actually numbered i'm going to give you number two number two it would be great to see our numbers grow again especially because um because what happens is that and i'm trying to ignore the chat room right now but anyway the because uh, somebody said something that's inciting something, and I'm not going to go into that this episode. But anyway, <sighs> breathe, silence for a second, thinking what I was talking about. Gateway. Okay, the second reason is because it would be nice to grow because we did change plus membership to where everybody can get everything for free. And we have seen a little bit of drop off, which we knew, but I, but I thought, you know, hey, as we go forward, as we move forward, and all the contents available for free, the numbers will rise and the percentage of people who feel led to support the content community of gspn.tv, the percentage may stay the same, but as the numbers grow, the income to support the content community of GSPN will grow. And so that's what we assume. And of course, that is absolutely the fact. It is true. It's what's happening. But the numbers are not growing as fast as we'd like. Are we getting word of mouth referrals to our content? Are we getting new subscribers week after week to every single show we produce? Yes, we are. But we would actually see a we would see exponential growth if we we actually had more gateway content and um and 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 so what the number one reason why i think we should be producing more gateway content moving forward is because well this is this is the content that actually caused people to first fall in love with the content we produce you know it, you know a lot of people miss us talking about entertainment a lot of t- people miss us talking about just the fun stuff, just entertainment. And so, um, yeah, basically that, that's one of the, that's the number one reason why we're considering this. And so we got to talking and it's like the, the real struggle for us is, and, and one of the reasons, one of the reasons why we've left a lot of entertainment podcasting behind, it all happened when we went to my live Thursday schedule because Thursday's all booked out, it's easy for me to focus on this. And man, when I'm don't, when it's not on the schedule, it's out of you know out of sight, out of mind. Before my schedule was just crazy. We would just podcast all all the time, and of course, I wasn't very profitable. And and it was you know times were very financially tough for us because I wasn't doing enough consulting work. And and so Thursday brought about a lot of value and benefit to us in this business and in income and profitability of the things that we're doing because it allowed me to become more efficient with my podcast production. But it also got to the point where, you know, at night it's like going back into the studio and stuff like this. So one of the things Stephanie and I have decided is that we are going to try within the next two weeks to settle on a two hour block of time each and every week that won't be live necessarily or at least uh, planned live, we might tweet it out every now and then, but a two-hour block of time where we will come into the studio with the intent on creating two hours worth, uh, or well, probably 90 minutes if you consider the stopping, stopping and starting in between shows, but getting returning back to our gateway content, uh, what that could mean, and, and I'm just going to throw out some potential ideas here because we haven't decided which ones we're going to do, um, there, there's the idea of a, you know, a lost rewind where we'll go back to episode one. That's something I don't know that we're going to do immediately. Uh, I think, I think that is, it's something I believe personally that we definitely will do eventually. Um, another one for us that's been huge is the twilight podcast. Uh, we, we definitely need to get in within the next two weeks. We need to finish up the last few chapters of the Twilight Saga. And I also want to do an episode on Midnight Sun. But then we, I actually want to go in and reread the Twilight Saga and talk about it where both of us have read it before and now reading it again together. So that's a possibility. Um, I won't tell you about one of the projects because it's, it's currently very much under wraps right now. But uh, Stephanie and I are looking at potentially covering a new series of books. Uh, and no, it's not Harry Potter, if anybody's wondering. It is a, it's something I had never heard of before yesterday. But, but Stephanie says she's heard nothing but great things about it. And uh, we purchased the first book. And we're going to start reading it. 
And we actually are going to podcast about this book, uh, chapter by chapter, I believe. And this book, what we will do is we won't, we will not announce that podcast and we won't even release the first few episodes until we've decided that, yes, we are going to continue on uh, reading that, sh- uh, that series. So, but it's, it's a huge, it's a huge, huge book from what Stephanie tells me and from what my research online says also as well. All right. And then, of course, TV shows. Here's the deal. We're not as interested in Grey's Anatomy anymore like we used to be. We're not, a, a, we're not as into Desperate Housewives as, as we used to be. Um, we are definitely into Fringe. We love Fringe. But we're not into Fringe like, like you know, we research on the internet the hidden clues. And I don't even listen to Fringe podcasts. I, I, I love some of my friends that do Fringe podcasts over at thefringepodcast.com with Daryl Darnell and his friends and and Wayne Henderson over at uh, mediavoiceovers.com does, you know, his fringe casting and 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 stuff like that. I think it's with Wayne and Dan and but anyway, but we don't I don't I don't love the show enough to do to listen to podcasts about it. But we do have this on the screen and I'm like maybe we need to bring some of that back and and stuff like that. So we're thinking about more gateway content and uh basically what I'm saying here is that Stephanie and I know that one of the ways to grow the overall audience of our community is to produce content that people are looking for. Another perfect example of gateway content that's not entertainment-based is the virtualassistantpodcast.com. And it's not, don't put the the in there. Just go to virtualassistantpodcast.com. All right, and so virtualassistantpodcast.com, there are 38 episodes about virtual assistants there. I'm done with that show, but that show every single week is is gaining new subscribers who are going back to episode one, listening to all the way through to episode 38. Over the course of 38 episodes of content, they're becoming to know, like, and trust me, and it is a gateway into podcast answer answer man it's a gateway into business tech weekly it's a gateway into social media serenity so gateway content my philosophy on it my thinking and hopefully it is somewhat of an inspiration to you as well anyway folks thank you for tuning in hey if you want to participate in my podcasting a to z course it's happening in may um i'm i'm actually going to tell you i've only got eight people right now out of the 20 filled uh, 20 spots filled, but uh, I do have four people who are pending a decision. Uh, so that would, you know, if all four of those people say yes, then that would take me to 12 out of the 20 if I did my mouth right. Uh, but uh, I am, I'm still looking for at least, at least, what is that? Um, eight more people. So go over to podcastanswerman.com slash A to Z. Let me know if you have any questions. God bless you all. Until next time, join the community.